Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name is Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. Today we have with us, oh my gosh, let me count, five... Um, Legendary. Oh, legendary guests. That's a good one. There's a five ten guests, five ringy guests, five <laughs> times two guests. <laughs> We've got Paul Wilcox. It's great to be here. Doug Obeski. Hello. Kevin Redvog. Excited to be here. Jesse Wong Redvog. Hello, hello. And Tony Huff. Hey, I'm back again. A second consecutive Marvel movie, which is yeah, that's right, because it is still Merry Marvel Movie March Madness. And uh, it's installment 73 of our Merry Marvel Movie March. And we watched the 2021 film from the MCU, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which is the story of one Dennis Shang-Chi, Ten Rings, who is first in line for a clock tower. And it rings out every hour on the hour, 10 times, no matter what hour it is. And the townspeople say, hey, can you fix that since you just inherited it? And he says, maybe. And so he goes up there and then it's him watching YouTube videos, trying to figure out how to fix a clock tower that chimes the incorrect number of times. (laughs) There's more than one of those videos. This is a really long video. (laughs) You can find anything on YouTube, actual (laughs) clock tower repair from a practical standpoint, like with technical details, not that easy to find. Yeah, like he goes down some rabbit holes, right? Like there's some weird like AI generated stuff where like (laughs) clock towers run around and like crash into each other. And he watches that for a bit. But there's a lot of like text to speech. Like if you want to fix your clock tower, you <laughs> Y'all joke, but there are a surprising number of clock tower repair YouTube results. I'm not going to watch any of these. <laughs> I forget that cl- maybe clock towers are more common than I imagine. I, I just don't know it not living in a county seat. <laughs> <laughs> How about Tony? What's this movie actually about in three sentences or less? No, I don't do this one. This isn't me. Hard <laughs> veto. That is three sentences. No, <laughs> I don't do this one. This isn't me. That's true. All right. Can anyone do better? Kevin, do you think you can do better than that? I will do my darndest. Shang-Chi is the story of Shang-Chi, martial artist and car parker. Shang-Chi's father, Wenwu, controls the Ten Rings, both the terrorist group and the literal armbands. When Wenwu sets off on a quest to revive Shang-Chi's deceased mother, it's up to Shang-Chi to valiantly stop him from ever being happy again. <laughs> well, that's better than no. no yeah. I <laughs> Everything has to be from a perspective, right? I have a question. Is Shang-Chi related to Peter Parker? Car Parker. Car Parker. Car Parker and his brother Peter. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, probably cousin, you know. This is my cousin Car. <laughs> my mom makes him come over a lot. <laughs> What's he do for a living? He's a car parker He's, as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone is given a calling at birth, but Car was. So this movie is based on a Marvel comic character named Shang-Chi, funnily enough. He is known as the Master of Kung Fu, originated in the 70s. Basically, the story goes is that the television series Kung Fu was uh, pretty popular, the one starring David Carradine. So a couple of the writer-artists at Marvel went to the editor-in-chief and was like, hey, let's do a Kung Fu book. 
And he said, okay, but we recently bought the rights to the incredibly racist tales of Sax Romer about Fu Manchu, so please incorporate that as well. I don't think he said it exactly like that, but (laughs) I believe at least one of them quit after three issues when they learned just how racist the Fu Manchu stories are. So for a long time, Shang-Chi was the son of Fu Manchu, who is basically an oriental supervillain before supervillains are really a thing. There's a couple British people trying to stop him. And I've not read the books, but from basically everyone's point of view, yeah, they're really racist, partly just because people were really racist against people of Asian descent at the turn of the 19th, 20th century. And yeah. But that gets incorporated because Marvel bought the rights. I think we mentioned this at some point. They were on a tear of just like buying literary properties to spin off into things. So this was one of them. So Shang-Chi is Fu Manchu's son. Fu Manchu sends him out to kill some dude. Another one of the Sax Romer characters. Uh, Shang-Chi does that and then realizes, wait, I killed this person. Maybe my dad's not a great guy after all. And then wanders around a bit before fighting his dad and sister at various points. Roughly how it went. Uh, The book was very popular. It lasted something like over 100 issues before it was eventually canceled. Shang-Chi hasn't made a whole lot of appearances since, partly because the rights to the Fu Manchu stories expired as far as Marvel had them. This has subsequently been somewhat addressed by like rewriting stuff. So that's like, oh, Fu Manchu is what they called me. My real name is something else that I don't remember, but it's not Wen Wu. It's not the one in the movie. They started to make a bit of an effort towards bringing him back in the last 20 years or so. But yeah, there was a long time where basically heard almost nothing from Shang-Chi, the comic book character. As far as movies go, um, there were a couple attempts. There's a story that Stan Lee talked to Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son, in the 80s about doing like a Shang-Chi, either movie or television series. I'm going to guess that's like all Stanley stories of just like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? And then nothing happens because all the Hollywood executives at that point were sort of patting him on the head and going, yeah, that's nice. So, yeah, there was talk of that. There was a brief moment to get a movie off the ground in like 2003, 2004. Nothing happened there. And then, yeah, this was one of the properties that when Marvel Studios first came out where it said, hey, we could do something with Iron Man and Captain America, but also characters like Black Panther and Shang-Chi. So after that, it was just, I think, eventually a matter of getting some of their more well-known properties out first and stuff before this finally came around. So that's basically the background. I don't think there's a lot of behind the scenes uh, drama or anything about stuff as far as I could tell. It was just like, yeah, they said we should make this at some point, And then eventually they did. How much of this was a COVID production? Was it finished before COVID? It seems to me like the after credit scene probably was not finished before COVID. But the rest of it, I couldn't really tell. Uh, it says they started shooting in February 2020. Oh, OK, then definitely. Mm. And then, yeah, just shut down as everything shut down. Resumed back in uh, end of July, August. And I think this is like the first Marvel movie that was really affected by COVID uh, principal photography wise, I think. Yeah, good question. And I have answered it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good recap of the last 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with that? (laughs) 
So the usual question, had you seen this movie before? I had not seen this movie before, as unfortunately it came out after I stopped going to the movie theaters to see movies. Why did you stop going to the theaters, given you saw Black Widow in theaters? Uh, because that was when things started picking up with Delta Wave, maybe, I think. And it was like, yeah, I don't feel safe ever again. Cut that. <laughs> i had not seen this probably for a very similar reason yeah it was my first time jesse uh i had seen this before i want to say it's because i'm a good chinese person but it's probably because i'm married to kevin <laughs> <laughs> this is called the marvel cinematic universe and you're going to enjoy it whether you want to or not <laughs> that's how the first decade of our relationship went <laughs> <laughs> I mean, both of those things can be right, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kevin. I had seen it before, yes, as alluded to in the previous answer. Um, I saw it once in theaters. It may have been around some spike or wave or another, but I remember going like midweek. There were maybe two other in... people in the theater. I saw this in theaters. I do not think we saw this in theaters. <laughs> but then Disney Plus, I'm sure, once it came out. And then again, yesterday slash today. Nice. I had not seen this movie, and I think this was on my list of movies to wait until uh, the March to get my opinion, I guess, of it as a, as a first hot takes. <laughs> well, I like sometimes fresh, the... recently informed takes, barely right. well, informed takes. I was going to say, sometimes I do like being the person who's just like seen it once and then listening to how everyone's like, oh, when I watched this the first time, I saw this. And then second time I was like, oh, it meant so much more. And I'm like, oh, OK, it's like I watched it twice now. <laughs> <laughs> Vicariously. Yeah, exactly. I'm lazy, if anything. I'm in the same camp as Tony, as usual. I don't think I've seen any of the movies between now and the current end of the March. What? I don't you haven't seen Morbius? <laughs> Morbius? Oh, no. I don't believe that there's a single person who hasn't seen Morbius. <laughs> you Even know, you're, I've you're, seen you're scrolling through Netflix, you're trying to find something to see, and it's like, oh, how about Morbius? Huh? <laughs> okay. Like my For You section in Netflix is like, just Morbius. <laughs> Morbius, Morbius, Morbius. Would you like to watch seven days of Morbius? <laughs> it just looks like a Morbius Google image search. <laughs> you skip to the end of the list and it goes right back to the beginning like some sort of Morbius strip. <laughs> What's going to happen when we actually get to the Morbius episode? <laughs> Chaos. We'll be all morbed out. <laughs> yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll have nothing left. <laughs> yeah, I saw this in theaters. So Black Widow came out in that sort of like hybrid situation where it was like in theaters, but also you could pay Disney extra money to watch it at home. And so my wife and I went that opening weekend and we were reasonably like satisfied, like, oh, hey, like this is OK. So then we went and did Shang-Chi like around the same time of day. And that was just in theaters. And that place was packed. And we were like, oh, we are not ready for this. People were not really obeying mass protocols at that point because it was 2021 and I live in Arizona. So, yeah, Brian and I sat there very rigidly is, you know, just very aware of everyone breathing around us and laughing and spreading their aerosols everywhere. All those um, coughs and sniffles you can become hyper aware of. Yeah. Uh, so it was a great time. We love the movie. Uh <laughs> 
No, it was. We really enjoyed the movie. I think it was just the reason we stopped going opening weekend to see these things. But yeah, we liked enough that we bought the Blu-ray, watched that, and then watched again tonight. Yeah, so where do we want to start? The beginning. Very good place to start. <laughs> All right, so a thousand years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> well, that's where it starts. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Although, to be honest, with that introduction, I was kind of like not looking forward to the movie at that point. I was like, oh, it's just this guy who's going to get trapped in something. Like, I thought maybe he get trapped behind a gate or something, and he's just going to show up a thousand years later. I thought he was just like... A generic sort of bad guy you thought it was gonna be like a fish out of water bad guy where he's like fascinated by smartphones or <laughs> yeah <whatever. laughs> or just like indifferent to them he couldn't care less about no. smartphones he just wants to kill everyone so you didn't like the beginning of the movie charlie well the, actually the beginning of the movie was fine in context of the rest of the movie but it just made me think that it was going a completely different direction than it went is it because he was using the rings as a shield yeah yeah that had a lot to do with it though he was using it as a not shield too as a weapon <laughs> So, <laughs> two categories of things, and they're both bad. Shields and not shields. I couldn't, at the beginning, figure out if he was truly a bad guy or if he was, like, you know, had just these, like, delusions or whatever. And then, like, they were going to try and, like, make him be good again. Which I guess is kind of how it went, but not all the way. Yeah, like, is it like a Rings of Power, like, Lord of the Rings type thing? And that's why the son never actually put them on? Or did he put them on eventually? He, put them he on. had them on quite a bit in the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. The end. I know he was doing the floating thing for a while. But they changed but colors. He put them on and then didn't instantly be like, the rings are mine. They were a shiny gold when he had them instead of a sad blue. Right. Oh, okay. So it's not, they don't necessarily corrupt in and of themselves no. instantly, anyway. Yeah, I mean, sorry. I realize there's a bit of background maybe we should talk about real quick, is, which is the character of the Mandarin. I think we talked about this a little bit in Iron Man 3, but just to recap, the Mandarin in the comics is a Fu Manchu style supervillain, and he has 10 rings on his fingers, not his arms. And Doug and Kevin and anyone else who might know, you know, might need to correct me or remind me, but he like gets them from like a spaceship or something or the wreckage of a spaceship it's, it's definitely aliens wreckage of a spaceship sounds more right to me but i can fact check in the meantime yeah and but so they consequently they have special powers that let him be evil and he fights iron man a bunch so that's a little bit where the rings are coming from but they're not evil in and of themselves i don't think so i think they're just spacey just sweet alien tech because yeah. they talked about how like he could hear the voice and they're like oh it's just whatever is inside of him that's possessing him to like open the portal so i thought like the rings were connected to like the portal no he could hear the voices i think because the dweller in darkness let's just get right to the end of the movie the dweller in darkness um <laughs> knew he had the rings and knew that was they were powerful enough to get him out so he gotcha. was whispering to wen Wu to be like hey let me out I'm your yeah, wife. It was a supernatural spear fishing scam, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's not wrong. <laughs> I know, it's just you know, it up. even had the wiggly dealies on the face like a real catfish. <laughs> <laughs> The dragon kind of thing, yeah. Or tentacles or something. Dweller in Darkness is also a Marvel character, but in the comics, he's usually just a dude with a big blue head. <laughs> so. Classic. That would have been a way better climax to the movie. <laughs> yeah, like, Megamind just comes out of the <laughs> 
But yeah, I think he's just 40-ish year old dude who gets the rings and is like, I'm going to take over the earth. And then he's just like that for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. I gotta ask, did anyone else get Dynasty Warriors vibes from that intro? Um, Not while watching it, but now that you say it, like I can definitely see it. I can see the Dynasty Warriors video games There's in there, yeah. Like a counter in the right-hand corner. <laughs> yeah. A thousand. <laughs> You know, like the thing at the top showing how his army is doing versus the enemy army, the balance of power, you know. Surprised they haven't done that spinoff yet. I mean, have you guys kept up with the Dynasty Warriors, every entry in the Dynasty Warriors? I think I've played one, two, and eight. (laughs) Okay. You played one? Wow. Didn't I? That's a PS game. Uh, Maybe just two and eight then. I probably played whatever the PS2 one was. I played three, four, six. Seven, eight, something like that. Oh, and I think I did Samurai Warriors, but that wasn't fun. And the Zelda one, which is like a spinoff. That one's not bad. It's kind of weird, but again, this is what we need to talk about. (laughs) Jesse, Jesse, which Dynasty Warriors game did you play growing (laughs) up? All of them. Oh, man, even Orochi. So it's the rings on the arms. Is that then a creation for the movie or was there some lead up to that? Like if it was originally Uh, on fingers. Full disclosure, basically anything that happened in comics after 1998, I only am vaguely aware of. But to the best of my knowledge, I think that's for the movie because I'm not sure that 10 rings on fingers would necessarily be particularly cinematic. At least like the martial arts angle they decided to go for. I don't know that that works well with a ring that shoots i pulled this up lightning and another one that shoots fire and no, we're gonna yeah, run out know, of elements kinda, quickly one of them oh wait this is basically heart uh creates loyalty <laughs> it's a captain Planet thing oh my god this is fantastic <laughs> yeah i really liked what they did with the rings both just i mean visually and kind of keeping them sort of rings mm-hmm. but uh uh, I think it would have been really hard to sell the OG finger rings just reading some of these descriptions. Yeah, is it like, is it just like lots of close-ups of hands and stuff? That's, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the rings look cool when they're fighting and stuff, but when he's just standing there, it just like, they have to have like cool jackets with arms rolled up for it. Otherwise it just looks like Popeye. It's a lot of 80s like blazers. There's an element of fashion that has to go along with any right? <laughs> he's got to be holding his his like forearms up so they don't just slide off his arms <laughs> holding his fingers out well like so one of the questions that i had for people that like know comics and the marvel universe was so when i saw the rings like originally like introduced in this movie i thought that they were going to be like linked to one of the stones what is it the infinity stones is that like completely like stupid or no i don't think it's stupid pretty good uh assumption given that we're dealing with the mcu Um, yeah i think the only thing maybe to say is that because now we're in phase four theoretically we're past the infinity stones but no i think that's a completely reasonable assumption and so are the infinity stones gone now like completely because i thought that they put them back they put them back in the past, but then if you follow the timeline forward, Thanos eventually destroys them. So I think in the present, they're technically gone. Oh, okay. Right. 
Nothing better oh, than relitigating Endgame. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's hard to wrap. I thought we were past this. Yeah. To like, well, I mean, oh, just, well, they're still it, there. I mean, like not, sending something back to the past is essentially making it go away, yeah. unless you live in a time traveling universe. Well, that's fine. I just want to know moving forward in these marches if I need to like worry about Infinity Stones because it's just it's a preoccupation at this. Point. <laughs> Always worry about it. Never call. <laughs> To the best of my knowledge, no, you don't have to, but I, I equally don't actually know what's going on with the rings in that post credit scene. So maybe it will turn out to be, oh, Infinity Stones from another multiverse. There's a yeah. theory that I've read online that maybe they tie into the new Big Bad for phases four, five, and six, but it's too early to tell at this point. Mm. Okay. So I guess in a thousand years, Wenwu decides he wants more power, so he goes, to a hidden village. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Home improvement. <laughs> Tim Allen. We can't go one podcast without talking about Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a dumb reference. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> oh. He talked about power. <laughs> ah, rah, rah. He said more power. <laughs> so he goes to the village and he just wanders in, so I guess he goes at the exact right time of year. Because it was only later, I think, that they'd explain that he figures out that there's a specific time to go. I think yeah, I don't know if he the... got lucky or if maybe they changed things after he showed up. Mm. Oh, could be, yeah. <laughs> well, this mean, guy can get in. We got to up the security. But anyway, yeah, he meets his wife. Yeah, because they plummeted off of a cliff to their deaths. <laughs> Charlie recaps the movie for us. Yeah, well, I'm trying to stumble into <laughs> something we want to talk about. talking about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so was I. Cliff murder. <laughs> I, know, I, just, I just couldn't think of anything but O'Doyle rules when <laughs> <laughs> okay anyways uh yeah the scene where he and shangji's mother fight i thought that was pretty cool that was a cool scene um it was like the flirtiest fight scene i've ever seen i know yeah like i wasn't expecting that either i think that's where the movie kind of turned around my expectations i know it's not very far in but uh, you know i was talking about how it's like uh this is just some big bad who's gonna get trapped and we're gonna fight against him later and then when that turn happens and they actually do that sort of dance sequence almost i was like oh Oh, I'm getting on board with this. I really liked the variety of like the fight choreography. Not, like not just, you know, there's they're in interesting places on a bus and then on the side of a building, but how like this first fight scene, I I don't know if Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon is a good comparison to make, but like contrasting this first yeah, fight scene with like the almost like Jackie Chan-ish like bus fight scene where it's kind of like played a little bit comedically at times. He's like getting in and out of his jacket, he's stuck outside the bus. Like I, I'm not enough of a, a martial arts movie aficionado to know if there were more references. But again, I liked the variety there. I think the inspiration was mostly from speed, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> just turn it up the hill and it'll stop. <laughs> oh, you've never been to San Francisco. <laughs> turn left and then left again at the next block. <laughs> yeah, but then you'd stop accelerating, but then it'll just turn it sideways accelerate. as it's creeping to a stop. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, one of the things I like about this movie is, is like, yeah, what Kevin was saying is how you get different styles of martial arts film.
film. So you get that sort of uh, wuxia beginning that is, yeah, probably best known in the West from things like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon or Hero or the films of King Who. Charlie, who has yet to watch A Touch of Zen that I gave him forever ago, but that's another I started example. it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that scene at the beginning was reminding me of Hero, you know, when you have the flurry of arrows in the sky kind of thing. Whereas like the fight scene on the bus, right? Like that's a lot more like a Hong Kong action Jackie Chan thing. And actually, I don't know if you look at the end of the credits, right? It's yeah. on a bus. <laughs> yeah, he's on oh, yeah. yeah. Um if you look at the end credits, right, it was like in memory of Brad Allen. Brad Allen was a fight choreographer on this movie, but he was also a member of Jackie Chan's stunt team. So well, I think that's where this movie like really excels. It's like all the fight sequences, like the martial arts stuff. Yeah. That and like the like really... side of the building one. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was cool. There's a similar scene in Rush Hour 2 that I remember from my youth. Rush Hour 2, so good. But yeah, there was another scaffolding fight scene, and it reminded me of that, and I was like, that's pretty cool. I was going to say, like, yeah, because uh, I, I actually was like, oh, we, we get another scaffolding scene where there's just, like, a bunch of just, like, <laughs> martial arts. I was expecting them to, like, do what I think Jackie Chan does that, where he just, like, goes all the way down and, like, gets down <laughs> to the ground. He just, in real life, falls through every piece of scaffolding yeah. all the way down to the, to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I mostly agree with Charlie um, uh, on the stance of it took a bit for me to get on board as well but uh it wasn't until the bus fight scene that i was really like okay i i think i'm gonna enjoy this the other thing that sort of struck me as interesting is that there's no english in this movie for like nearly 10 minutes like i think the, oh, yeah, the first like- english line when i looked at the counter was like nine minutes and 40 seconds I made that point to Kevin. I was like, they barely speak English in this movie. He's like, you got to have better insight than that. Like, they, don't, they don't speak English for like quite a while. Yeah, that's like a pretty, like, I've never seen that in like any MCU movie or anything like that. It's, I mean, it's kind of bold. A lot of people just don't yeah. like subtitles for whatever reason, right? So to put that in a movie that you're expecting a lot of people to go see and like. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't go like get another drink or like re-up my snacks for the first part of the movie. <laughs> I'm already done with my popcorn, and I still have to read the subtitles. Yeah, like the delivery guy came for me while we were watching, and I was like, oh no, I don't know what's happening. Back towards the door. But yeah, I thought that was a really interesting choice for, you know, a tentpole movie like this. And I I applauded it. There were a lot of things I liked about this movie, and that was one where it was like, oh, they only speak English more or less when it feels appropriate to speak English, not because they need the audience to be on board or something. Like, like, there's a trust for the audience there that I appreciated. Yeah, I really like that because there's moments where it like really doesn't make sense for them to speak English. Like when Shang-Chi is talking to his sister, for the most part, they're speaking in Chinese because like, why would they speak in English? Whereas where he talks to Katie, he's obviously speaking in English. One thing I will knock them for a little that came off a little on the nose, but probably they didn't want to lose the, you know, white people audience that don't speak Chinese. I think there's an interaction between young Shang-Chi and Wenwu where Wenwu is like, hey, you've been practicing your English right and he says yes so they can proceed with the conversation in English besides that (laughs) though it's all very solid I mean I actually didn't mind that because it establishes that he knows English you know that he can go run off at that point and be okay I suppose right it, it 
just it sounded to me like an excuse to speak English. But yes, that, I guess that's true. There, there is some value to it narratively. But you're right. I mean, that is one reason it's there for sure. It's not as bad as like, I'm an alien and I've learned your silly human language and now I'm going to speak to you in it. <laughs> to the point like, of death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like everybody carries the universal translator. We're good now. <laughs> <laughs> How about Similu? From Kim's Convenience. <laughs> really? Oh, I liked him a lot. I was going to say he's, uh, I had not seen Kim's Convenience uh, prior to this. I guess I still haven't. Is that a hot take? Like, he's all right. <laughs> I thought he was delightful. Yeah, I didn't mind him. I mean, that might just partly be warm feelings from generally enjoying him and Kim's Convenience. But yeah, I didn't think he did anything problematic here. So you were just like, eh, he was okay, but he wasn't outstanding. Is that where you were at? I thought he was fine. I mean, I think he was an okay actor. It's felt like everybody else was better than him. Who well, was that the is cast. the problem here, is that the cast is so good. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you got freaking Tony Lund in there, man. You're like, Oh, he's so good. Oh, he is, his dad is so good, and his aunt is so good, and Aquafina is good. But, like, he's just kind of, like, there. He doesn't have much emotion. Maybe that's, like, his character, but I don't know. It is a thing about the comic, Shang-Chi, at least. Uh, he's fairly stoic. So I can sort of see that. But it's also kind of nice to have him sort of be the anchor that then these other characters can kind of orbit around a bit without necessarily like pulling things too far over like. Like, if everyone were Aquafina, like, that might be too much, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, it's not a flashy role other than the fight stuff. But, like, in terms of character, yeah, it's not super flashy. I do like that he's beefy. Like, if you're gonna have, <laughs> if you're gonna have, like, the first Chinese superhero that's in, like, a big Marvel movie, yeah, let's have him be beefy. <laughs> if I remember correctly, this actually, I don't remember how the movie was received in China, but I think... Was it received in China at all? even well i think even before it was released if it was released because i'm sure it was zero COVID at the time i think in china simu liu was considered like pretty unattractive by like chinese standards of male attractiveness so like i think it got a fair deal of crap for his quote beefiness when i imagine disney was expecting this to play big over there uh says yet to be released over there oh geez along with eternals eternals hasn't been released either but we'll get to that but this yeah might be like of all the movies we've watched so far had some of the best performances, especially Tony Lung. I oh, think that's the, Tony Lung, man. I think that's like the best performance we've seen in all the movies so far. He's one of the five Tiger Generals. He's a very famous Hong Kong actor. <laughs> I know this from the research I did ahead of time, but <laughs> not before generals, that. For those of us who are uncultured rubes, uh, they're basically five male actors in Hong Kong in the 80s, early 90s who were really famous and well-known more there i think than here so you had tony lun uh andy lau's one i think but they did a lot of like movies and television stuff so tony lun's probably best known for his wong kar wai collaborations so stuff like in the mood for love 2046 uh stuff like that he's in hero he's the one who's not gently basically <laughs> if you've seen hero oh okay yeah he's very well regarded actor just perhaps not as well known here in the west as in other areas but yeah you've got him you've got who i assume will be oscar winner michelle yo by the time this comes out we'll know yeah it's a great cast although yeah it's not given quite as much to do here 
As she could have been. I mean, she gets a good fight scene, but she gets the role of like the, no, you won't take over our village. Well, yeah. you know, it's her second Marvel appearance. So, you know, got to spread them out. What was the first one? When She's in she... Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, yeah. Part of Sylvester Stallone's original oh, Guardians right. crew, the Ravagers. Yeah. And Ben Kingsley's back. Yay! Oh, yeah. What did we all think of Ben Kingsley this time around? Is that that weird actor guy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> From Iron Man 3, if you saw oh, Iron Man okay. 3 and remember it. I was wondering why he was in there at all. He is in there because Iron Man 3 used the Mandarin and the Ten Rings for their own terrorist plot. And this, I think, was an effort to reclaim the Mandarin from that because that plot line in Iron Man 3, I think, came under criticism for basically a white person co-opting Asian things. So I think they wanted to address that a bit. And Trevor Slattery, Ben Kingsley, is sort of the link, I think, between those two things. There's Uh, actually um, on Disney Plus, there's a short film about Slattery time in prison that uh, kind of yes. is a prequel to this movie i guess i don't know that that was specifically how it was envisioned originally but it ties into how he ends up going from jail to imprisoned here in the beginning of the movie that is a marvel one shot that showed up on a blu-ray for it might have been the iron man 3 blu-ray it might have been the thor the dark world blu-ray all i know is i made us watch it at the time of iron yeah, man 3 because yeah. i was like you guys all need to watch this back when physical media was a I liked the character. I thought the character was funny. I just was like, why is this happening? (laughs) Right. It kind of made no sense as a first watch and not really being primed with Iron Man 3 knowledge. Yeah, I think that's what you're supposed to remember is like, oh, right. The last time we heard about these 10 ring guys, that was Iron Man 3. Oh, so that's what was going on. And like he he actually mentions like, that, right? It just was like pretty out of He does. No, no, no. He definitely does mention that. I just don't remember it. Yeah, and I remember it only because at the time Adam mentioned it. He's like, this will come back. I'm like, oh mental note. <laughs> Several years See, whenever, from now. It's like a telltale game. <laughs> See, whenever Adam tells me to remember things, I just tell him that I will, and then I just I don't. I know. I know what you <laughs> And then Morris? Morris. Morris, the chicken pig. The oh, best little animal sidekick. Best character there is. That is a real Chinese mythological creature, I think. Real. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't remember what it's called. News to me. <laughs> chicken dog? Headless chicken dog? <laughs> that's i forgot yeah chicken dog classic sign of the zodiac chinese chicken dog (laughs) hundun it's a legendary faceless being in chinese mythology and the picture on wikipedia basically looks like morris here i'll put in the chat Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, it just reminded me of the duo from, I think it's Thor Ragnarok that you see in, like, the prison. I forget their names. Uh, Meek and Korg? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know Korg for sure. But it just reminded me of that kind of duo, kind of how they're funny, you know, and just, like, provide some comedic relief. But also driving the plot of, like, okay, this is how we're going to get out of here. I've got a pretty high tolerance for this, particularly in Marvel movies, but I thought, you know, with those characters and more generally with this movie, they did a pretty good job of balancing the serious elements of the story and the more jokey elements. I thought there was a really good balance of those two components here. The Planet of the Apes conversation <laughs> got real close to that line. Oh, me, I loved that, though. I thought that That's, was funny. I was going to say it's so dumb, but yes, thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, it just reminded me of like, the thing was Conan 
Conan O'Brien or something talking about writing for The Simpsons and how just Homer got dumber and dumber until like they would write <laughs> jokes about him forgetting to breathe or something. <laughs> and like that's what I was like, oh, this is so dumb. I'm not sure I believe that <laughs> this person could exist. <laughs> However, it is funny, so got a pass for me. I mean, if it's something you believe from being a very young child, like <laughs> I can see it carrying on. Nobody's tested it. It's just it's just there. <laughs> like assuming he hasn't gone back and watched it again, like maybe it's a very sacred memory for him and he doesn't go back and watch Planet of the Apes. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, it just kind of it reminded me of like the Sir Ian McKellen acting scene. That... <laughs> <laughs> I just pretend to be <laughs> the person just... in the, the film. Yeah. <laughs> So what did you guys think of Razor Fist? Uh, That's the guy I with wondered, a Razor Fist. <laughs> I wondered if he's a character from the comics? He is. He is That's a Shang-Chi adversary. He seemed like a classic, like, yep, this is definitely a guy. The bad guy. <laughs> who drives, who drives a, uh, <laughs> an electric vehicle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, is that, was that an electric BMW? <laughs> yeah. It was next to an EV station, so. With this name on the side. Is the yeah. Razor Fist Mobile from the comics, or was that uh, an original creation here? I believe that's an original creation. Mm. I like the idea that Wenwu's compound has an electric charging station for vehicles in it and like the well, he's not evil but he's not evil right. i mean you saw all the solar panels right yeah oh, i mean yeah. i was just wondering what the range of the vehicle was i'm like how are they gonna get to where they need to go <laughs> like well that was something weird too there are uh, charging stations along the talo road <laughs> <laughs> well that's one thing that they I, I don't think they needed to address it but even from the get-go i was kind of like oh how far away is this village it doesn't seem very far away at all like yeah, i've discovered this village it's they're not right like next to us or taking <laughs> yeah. a train to get another car to... you can mobilize an entire army in less than three days <laughs> <laughs> you know i think this is just bias against electric vehicles because they don't show people always packing up extra gas cans in the back of their SUVs <laughs> when they're driving hundreds of miles <laughs> in, in unknown areas. Of I guess that's it. fair. <laughs> that is fair. But I think it's easier to bring... 100 miles, maybe. <laughs> I think it's easier to bring extra gas than lugging around a full battery. Yeah, but we don't show it either way. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's a hybrid. It's got <laughs> the range extender in it. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, just... these are the questions we have. <laughs> How about Aquafina? We haven't talked about her yet. She's great. Yeah. I was really glad that I can't remember who says it, but that someone said nice pants because it's like what we were all thinking, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I liked having your character there, like somebody for Shang-Chi to have that cares about him around, but. I just like the, the like training to like the archery thing was kind of like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, is she like magical? Is she just going to learn how to do this on like one day and like be the person who shoots the right arrow just luckily? She just got lucky on that one. Yeah, and I guess. So got pretty good quickly. But it almost felt like the movie thought that she didn't have enough to do. And it's like, oh, this is what we're going to give her. But we don't want to give her special powers. We just want her to be lucky and have another reason to be here. I thought it was nice earlier on when she's driving the car because that's at least tied into her oh yeah really yeah, yeah. good at driving cars like that was a good use 
of established I don't yeah. know, character traits. But yeah, her learning how to shoot arrows in like half an hour just kind of seemed like they were trying to find something for her to do. I did shoot, like shooting arrows isn't that hard, though. <laughs> <laughs> you can get pretty good pretty quick, you ask me. I liked that she, I think, unless other folks felt differently, that she stayed like a very close friend with Shang-Chi until the very end rather than like making it a romantic subplot. Mm. I, I just I, I liked that relationship between the characters. We've had it in the past in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I think half of the relationships are dead at this point. So, you know, like uh, Captain America, Black Widow, that sort of thing. Yeah, I did take the grandmother's comment at the beginning about like, when are you two getting married to like be a joke, right? But then there were times during the movie I was like, they're not gonna go there, right? I hope they don't. <laughs> I thought that that was actually actually like priming us for like them becoming romantically involved where he's like oh we're just friends and then they go through this like traumatic like what or you know not necessarily traumatic but whatever you know like this this huge event together and they come out and they're like oh we actually love each other and are gonna do all that that stuff that isn't (laughs) (laughs) basically what i'm saying is i'm glad that they left uh his orientation up for grabs (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess what did people think of the basic plot line then? Oh, I thought I was watching it and I was like, we just watched this movie about these assassin siblings who meet each other after one has abandoned the other for a long time and then they fight. Oh, yeah. And they were. Oh. Right, like this just happened in yeah, Black Widow. And Black Widow. <laughs> huh. But they didn't have the nice family. Well, they did kind of have a family reunion. They had the dinner there. Yeah, they had yeah. the yeah. There was a family the, dinner, yeah. Without oh. the mom. You're right, it is exactly the same movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I don't have to think about my rating too hard now. <laughs> <laughs> They're upset because they didn't want to be trained as assassins, yeah. Yeah, like for me, it took a, a long time for me to get into the movie. But I think that's just difficult for me sometimes because I'm trying to understand the characters. I don't really have a lot of background going into it. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of like just establishing. And so it just, it takes a little longer for me to like, feel like I'm invested in the characters. Not that this movie did a bad job of like building that, but I just felt like it took a little longer for me to actually start to like enjoy the characters, if that makes sense. So when did that start for you? Um, When he's flying on the dragon. So at the end of the movie is when you finally got on board with the characters yeah kind of like uh yeah no i mean like it was kind of like when probably when they actually reached the village that was when i was like okay i'm i'm in it so everyone's cool with the basic story then yeah, I didn't have any problems with yeah. the basic story. I oh, Kevin I don't does know though. Exactly. Well, no, 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 no. Well, just I'm thinking back on it. I don't know what I would have changed exactly, but I really liked the more like character-driven Shang Chi and his dad and their relationship, like that element of the story. So throwing in the giant like Godzilla monster fight at the end, while it was visually cool, I guess I would have been interested in seeing a version of this movie that kind of kept it smaller scale, just focused on that relationship, the family relationship. I mean, I haven't watched Black Widow in a while, but kind of how it was a tight action flick until things went off the rails and now we're in a Moonraker like spaceship. Like all Marvel movies tend to go gigantic scale at the very end. And I think this is one that I loved either way, but I think might have benefited from keeping it a little smaller. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like every time I've seen this and admittedly this time I felt that a little less, but it still feels like the real 
climax of the movie is when he defeats his dad. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, now there's 10 minutes of CGI dragon fight. And even the moment where, like, as his dad is dying, he's looking at at Shang and it's, like, flashing back to, like, the different points in his life, like, back to when he was a child. Like, that, to me, was, like, the emotional climax of the films. And if they could have made that the literal climax of the film as well, I think it would have flowed a little better in the end. Yeah, like, I literally thought that the movie was going to be, like, his dad dies, the dwell in darkness start to come out, and then the great protector, is that the white dragon's name? Yeah. Basically just comes and just, like, shoves it back in the hole or whatever. <laughs> just like, alright, we're done. But yeah. That's not what happens. I felt like the dragons came out of nowhere. I was like, <laughs> why are there dragons? <laughs> They're like, well, we have to have a big fight scene at the end, because it's a Marvel movie, so, like, well, I mean, let's put some dragons in there. It does kind of what it feels like, yeah. Little, it was the, the day before the box. script was due it's like ah oh, crap we forgot to write like the end of the third act what's vaguely chinese dragons i guess let's go with it <laughs> i could have done without the the soul sucking of the dragon <laughs> like really oh like yeah I, I was really ready for the souls to like disperse back into everybody like oh I, okay i yeah. well like they digest the, real quick you can see like the glowingness of it still like can't those be like redistributed somehow already but i guess not no we have to have more a weird thing I have about movies that, like, any movie that where there's, like, a soul-sucking thing, I'm like, I think I deserve an explanation about what happens to the soul when that happens. Does the person just die? Or are they, like, in hell now? Like, should I be more worried about their soul getting sucked out than I am about them dying or not? <laughs> Well, I think Aww. in this case, soul was a, a loose interpretation life force. for yeah, yeah, life force, not literally like immortal soul. Like, I don't think this is a. <laughs> yeah. You should really play some Dark Souls games if you haven't. Oh, yeah, no, I, yeah. Thousands and thousands of souls. <laughs> Trade them for a sword. <laughs> They're currency now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Could they have taken a helicopter into the village? No, the village is in an alternate dimension. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there's a portal. Okay, gotcha. That was our Charlie doesn't understand or watch the movie section. So was it truly just the chicken dog that guided them? Yeah, that's how they got there early. Yep, That's cool. I'm glad that that character also had an important role to play. And we haven't really talked about the Fight Club. Oh, yeah. Kyle. Yeah, and uh, was that Ronnie Chang? Yeah. I was like, oh, I know him from The Daily Show. (laughs) John John, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like the moment where he starts talking in Chinese to Katie, and she's like, I don't know Chinese very well. And he's like, oh, I speak ABC. (laughs) Which I'm told stands for American Born Chinese, not necessarily ABCs of English. Oh, no, yeah, that's correct. He's ABC, which I think Aquafina like doesn't speak Chinese, so that's why they had to make her ABC. (laughs) But it also, I think, gives, yeah, just like uh, a character for people to relate to who are ABC, right? I mean, I suppose so. I think also like that excuse to not have subtitles for a while, too. Yeah. Which obviously, you know, I don't think any of us think is necessary, but I'm sure the Marvel executives were like, we need some English in here. So I like the Fight Club because they established, too, that it's like a crooked Fight Club. 
<laughs> that like the fights are probably fixed. Oh, are the yeah. fights? Oh, well, God. yeah, because Wong knows the because the abomination. Yeah, and it's like told him to pull his punches next time or something, so he doesn't hurt himself <laughs> so much. Yeah. So then I have a question. I I know we've been bouncing around. So at the was it the end credit scene where <laughs> she kind of is overseeing the well, it's not a Fight Club anymore, but it's like it kind of looks like the Fight Club, you know, like they're back there, and then she's at her father's compound. Is that foreshadowing that she's going to be like a villain? Or yes, I believe so. Uh, okay, or at least controlling the ten yeah. rings because I think Shangzi said that she was back there, like I guess closing up his, yeah, dismantling yeah. the business. Yeah, right. And, oh, and, but you think she has the ten rings? No, Shang-Chi well, the, has yeah, the ten rings. She has the the ten rings, the, like the people ten rings. Yeah, oh, he's okay. got the ten rings, but she has the ten rings. Oh, okay. <laughs> In the comics, Shan Chi's sister, who this is, this version sort of like a combination of, I think, a couple characters, but in the comics, at least his sister is also like a villain controlling like a small army sort of thing. So gotcha. Also, is that what they're doing with the post credits? Yeah. I mean, it could be more ambiguous than that. Yeah. Where like maybe she's just a mercenary or it'll turn out. She's only doing like good bad guy stuff. Yeah, like she's like the more intense methods kind of freedom fighter sort of thing. Yeah, why can't superheroes have henchmen? Yeah, everybody <laughs> needs henchmen. I mean, they have sidekicks. Uh, no, but you need a rank below sidekick for the yeah. people who are just good at henching. Yeah. <laughs> they go join S.H.I.E.L.D. Sometimes you just need some hench people. Right. Yeah, yeah you, you give them an agency and a name. Hey, I want some henching in my life. You have employees under you you <laughs> well they never do what i say though yeah maybe that's why superheroes don't have henchmen because they don't have fear to enforce the henching just not a charismatic leader i guess is fear just kind of like a key element to henching feels like what if what if it was fear of poverty yeah you could fire <laughs> a guy well, i just gotta go in on monday fire somebody all right <laughs> well, <you> well, <laughs> when they screw up <laughs> nope without yeah. cause you yep. hench hard enough <laughs> i expect 40 solid hours of henching oh god butts and seats people so what's something you want to talk about with this movie that we haven't talked about yet something you liked i like the costumes yeah i would agree yeah i really like when they get ready for the war and they're wearing like the dragon scale thing that i think their aunt made or prepared for them i thought that was really cool i thought the air bending and water bending were cool (laughs) (laughs) also when the aunt is explaining the peaceful past there was definitely like a until the fire nation attacked moment (laughs) that's the rest of my notes aside from comparing the bus to the movie speed (laughs) the bus that wouldn't slow down (laughs) i thought it was interesting to have the main character in a marvel movie grappling with the fact that he's murdered someone in the past and may have to murder someone again i think that conflict is unique in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, unless anyone can correct me on that. Uh, Doctor Strange wrestles with having killed someone for like a half second. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I I thought that was an interesting character beat. Yeah, Black Widow doesn't like that she's killed people, but she's like, I gotta kill more, I guess. (laughs) Here I go killing again. (laughs) Here I go killing again. (laughs) Going down the only road I've ever known. (laughs) 
He also doesn't end up actually killing his dad. Like he actually like gets really close with the swirly rings and then throws them at the ground, right? You know, he killed the person who killed his mom, and then he killed the thing that killed his dad. So as long as everybody stays away from his sister, I think we'll be okay. So I know we've already talked about Tony Leung, but I think it's what one of the best performances we've seen. But it's just he does a really good job of like you can actually believe that he has the sort of conflict in him of somebody who was destroying civilizations for a thousand years and then falls in love and then also has children who he loves, but then turns them into assassins, but then tries to go find his dead wife, but still loves them like could potentially be a lot of whiplash, but I think he balances it all really well. It's a very complex character and he carries it off very well. One question I had about his motivations. Was he like when the Dweller in Darkness is talking to him in his wife's voice? Is that like literally the extent of what the Dweller in Darkness is doing to him? Or is he sort of possessed? Because I was trying to decide how I felt about Shang-Chi and Wenwu's relationship at the end. And Wenwu had straight up in his mind murdered Shang-Chi like 15 minutes before sacrificing his life for Shang-Chi. And that plays differently if he's like a little bit possessed by this super evil dragon thing versus he's just really driven by trying to save his wife and willing to murder his child for that. I mean, I don't know. What was everyone's takes on that? I don't think the movie really makes it clear one way or the other if he's being possessed or if he's just obsessive. I don't know that I personally ever thought he was possessed. Like I was always leaning on the obsessive side of things, but yeah, I didn't read it as possessed just that again, him just being a really complex complex character i at least it seems like he loves his wife more than he loves his children i think that's a fair read yeah, yeah. and i believe one of the last things shang chi had said to him was basically you are so awful a person that this woman that you love this dearly probably wants nothing to do with you at this point so that kind of sends that home mm. so i had kind of a throwaway thing that i kind of liked uh, when uh, Trevor Slattery, when they're in the uh, the war moment, right, where like these crazy things are flying everywhere and he's acting dead. <laughs> and I like how the music ties in with that as well. Like it starts to get real like sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's a great bit. Yeah, that was good. He's like, I forget the exact thing, but it was like, this is it's a it's a production or something like it's a, or a performance. <laughs> it gets uh, Morris to play dead. Too. And he looks like he's like mad at Morris for the way that he's acting dead. <laughs> so one thing I liked was you've got like the more traditional like kung fu movie kind of vibe in the compound. And then you've also got like Macau with the fight club, which is like super modern and like hip hop kind of. And then you've got San Francisco where you see Aquafina and Shang-Chi just like hanging out and being like young people. I think it's got a good mix of traditional Chinese kung fu vibes and like modern young hip vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think yeah, it I melds those styles all pretty well. Like it doesn't it never feels like it's an awkward join to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you don't feel that like whiplash or anything. It's like it's all very seamless. Yeah. Like the kind of trap style beat always came in at the right moment. Which what was the song for the credits? Hotel I tried to <laughs> No, the one for like the then by the Eagles. <laughs> I'm hanging up. (laughs) (laughs) 
I tried to Shazam the song, but since I was muted on Skype, I don't think it was hearing. And otherwise, I would have to actually look it up. Not that we really do the song off anymore. Oh, I was thinking about that, yeah, while we were listening to it, whether it would be a song off candidate or not. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. listed, but I don't know which one it is. But yeah, just kind of talking about the music a bit, just relatedly, like, one of the things I liked was I just liked the little karaoke scene where they're just like, we could be responsible adults and go to bed, or we could go sing in a karaoke bar, you know, rent one of the rooms and for whatever. But then I also liked that there was a callback in the post credits where they got Walden to do it as well. It's, it's a <laughs> yeah, great good. throwaway joke, but bringing it back around at the end really makes it fantastic. Oh, and his little um, conversation, their conversation with their, their like high school friend and her husband where they're like just telling them like what had happened and she's like you guys are making fun of me this is a bit <laughs> i did have one thing which we didn't mention that i disliked am i allowed yeah, to mention Sarah, that go for it yeah <laughs> yeah the bmw product placement was really blatant like just too much and i think the reason why it felt so in your face was like i realize an m3 is supposed to be a sporty car but really getting as excited as she was over a bmw i'm sorry i just don't buy it she was excited because she didn't have to use turn signals (laughs) she's like sweet i don't have to tell anyone what i'm doing was there anything you liked that we haven't mentioned? I think it was all stuff you mentioned. Like, oh, I, there wasn't a lot that I disliked there. It was mostly just the blatant product placement. I mean, that tends to be a thing with cars, especially. I don't know if it was as egregious to me if you hadn't mentioned it, but I'll just say it. The level of excitement was pretty high because now that I'm like, oh, they probably see a lot of really cool cars. Yeah, they probably so, see a lot uh, of cars that are better than that. Yeah, I guess I didn't really think about that. I'm like, oh, I guess they're used to, like, you know, just parking lots of, like, night. 1998 civics and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> so ultimately what did you think of Shanchi and the legend of the ten rings would you protect the gate that keeps all the bad thoughts about the movie from coming out or would you say eh, i don't care about this movie i'm just gonna let it all be swallowed up by the dweller in darkness i guess i'm just asking how many rings out of 10 would you give this movie Whoa, <laughs> i actually didn't see that coming <laughs> <laughs> I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. It was the first time since Guardians of the Galaxy that I went into an MCU movie being completely unfamiliar with the leading character. And as was the case with Guardians, Marvel showed they can take an obscure comic character and make a really entertaining introductory movie out of them. Really strong villain, great fight choreography. There's minor things I might have changed, but overall, I just I had a great time watching it. I'm gonna give this nine rings out of 10. I like that we're using the same unit as when we eventually review the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah, I, I really thought that this was very entertaining. I don't feel like MCU, after a certain time, has put out a bad movie or a non-entertaining movie. I feel like the beginning of the movie was slow for me, where it's not like a 9 or a 10. It's not like on par with like Guardians for me. But I do really appreciate the choreography of all the fight scenes, the different martial arts that, uh, that you know, kind of nods throughout the film. So for me, I'm going to give this one an eight rings. I thought it was, uh, you know, solid movie and I would watch it again. 
it was okay. Like, there wasn't really much that I disliked other than I think at this point I can say that it's just simply a matter of opinion difference in terms of how a movie should look. And I just can't get on board with the flat Marvel style. Do you want to expand on that at all? Yeah. What you mean by that? Essentially, like in any given shot, there's not really much use of shadow. Like it's it's all just sort of like you can you know look at any part of the screen and see what's going on and stuff. So it's it's almost like they use light extensively. Like for instance, in the uh, the scaffolding fight scene, it was really cool to have the you know reflections off of the building and such. But it also feels like there's just kind of this lack of shadow in it everything like it's all just sort of a well-lit but overcast day and i think that's just a stylistic choice that they really like making with these marvel movies that i just can't get on board with it's a minor quibble but it's still a distraction tony lung is fantastic man this one's a really hard one to can you have half a ring? Is that a thing? Do I got to give it an integer rating here? I'm sure we can break the rings if you want. I don't know if we can go beyond halves. <laughs> I don't want to go down Paul's dark road, but... <laughs> Paul's dark road. Uh, this is a 7.6412. Sometimes you got to, you know, that's all I have left. Like I'm squeezing myself between 9 and 10 at <laughs> Doug, this point. It's like a friendship ring. It's like half a ring that you wear in a necklace around. <laughs> On your neck and when you meet your friend you put you put them together gonna break my rings <laughs> name this song gonna ride down paul's dark road <laughs> it's a ring I forgot that... about that karaoke scene too with that. I forgot that they did that i thought it was all eagles all night i think i'm gonna give this one eight and a half rings out of ten. So the half ring is a friendship ring with who? It's Shang-Chi and Wen Wu, right? They're fighting over who owns the rings. Oh. Who owns that one? Gotcha. I quite enjoyed the movie. I thought that it had some really killer fight scenes and a really good cast. And the main villain is complex and will break your heart a little bit. And obviously, I'm going to be like very much pro having a Chinese superhero in the Marvel Universe. Um, I thought they did a really good job with the casting. We've got a lot of good Chinese being spoken and a lot of Chinese traditions woven throughout the movie. Nice little touches there. I'm going to give it eight weeks. Um... How about Charlie? On this movie. All right. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really like I I really like this movie. I For me to poop on. Yeah, like Jesse said, it's got complex characters, but actually believable. And some good action sequences, like with a lot of fun influences, like the Wuxia and the the Hong Kong action, Jackie Chan style stuff. But the one thing that I didn't mention that bothered me was that I think a lot of the CG gets in the way of that. I mean, Wuxia stuff has like magical elements to it, but a lot of the rest of it was like, you know, it's like, oh, that's actually kind of getting in the way of a lot of the fight choreography and distracting in a way that's 
like, well, I kind of wish that that wasn't in a lot of the scenes. But yeah, and then at about the halfway point, it's kind of like the Marvelness of the whole thing kind of starts to creep in and like what the expectations for a Marvel movie is and get in the way of some of the things that I kind of liked. And like a lot of movies, it's perfect for in the March so far. But this is one where it's kind of like, oh, I don't think it necessarily melds on top so well. Even so, I really enjoyed it pretty much throughout. So I'm going to give it 8.5 rings out of 10. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I will say the CG is not as distracting to me as it is in some of the other MCU films and Marvel films that we've watched. But yeah, it does occasionally sort of get in the way. But contrasting that, one of the things I really like about this movie is that not only does it give us like a complex, somewhat sympathetic villain, but it also doesn't give us a villain where it's suddenly like he does something just like incredibly egregious that you're like, oh, well, all right, no one's on his side anymore. Like happens in a bunch of these movies. Yeah, the classic trap of like the villain who's got good points, but then does, yeah, a clearly bad thing. Yeah, it's like, oh, I had a good point. So therefore genocide, right? Or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. You know, stuff that's affected Thanos to an extent, but also I think like, you know, Killmonger a bit and things like that. So, and I appreciate that when Wu never really like goes down that path. I do like the martial arts films. And so this to me feels like a nice, uh, well done martial arts film. And that has those, all those aspects balanced pretty well together. I do think that the CG dragon fight is just a little unnecessary and it's just like, okay, the real movie's done, but we're still going. All right. But yeah, I think the actors are great. Tony Lund's a, just a treasure. Michelle Yeoh's fantastic. I like Simu Liu. Aquafina's great. Um, I was kind of wavering between 8.5 and 9, but I'm just going to I'm gonna go with 9 rings out of 10. I like this movie. I've more or less always enjoyed this movie. This movie made me hopeful for the future of the MCU movies. When I left the theater, I was like, all oh, right, like they still got it. So 9 out of 10. Yeah, it just makes me wonder because a lot of these, a lot of the movies we've been watching are like trying to meld styles like into the Marvel universe. And this is one that like, it's like, oh, they can't quite make it work. And it's like, so what ones can they make work and which ones can't they? So it's kind of no, exciting to see. What's that? Oh, I you think it does. with you. I, oh, you're I saying think it does work. Works. Yeah. Yeah, I think this shows that you can have a martial arts film. I'll state that better. I'll say that it doesn't work up to a 10 for me. Oh, like, okay. It's not perfect. I felt that melded perfectly. That's my big gripe. That's like loses 1.5 for that. It wasn't really much else I didn't like about the movie. Well, I feel like I just have to say, not only does The Rings make me think of our future Sonic the Hedgehog review, but also Doug's gripe about lack of shadow. Also makes you think of Sonic? Oh, oh. I haven't seen Sonic 2, so I don't know. Oh my goodness. I've been holding that in for so long. (laughs) But yeah, I I really like this. I mean, I pretty much agree with just about everything everyone said so far. I think that I do love to see them meld. You know, it's kind of interesting, Black Widow and Shang-Chi back to back, seeing how they both sort of meld a fresh style. And I see what you're saying, Adam, with like kind of hope for them sort of keeping the MCU fresh with some different style influence. It was just really cool to have kind of a good martial arts movie melded in with sort of the more some of the more familiar elements, especially because of the performances. 
I mean, at times I could see, you know, I feel like there was a really good balance of meaningful drama and comic relief. Aquafina's great, and I feel like without a lot of those elements, it would be a kind of a grim movie. Like, there's a lot of sad, like, family sadness in this. Like, I found it tugging at my heartstrings, but ultimately it had enough else to offer to kind of keep me from going down, what is it, Paul's Dark Road or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I will give this uh, nine rings out of ten. So thanks, everybody, for joining us in this installment of the Merry Marvel Movie March. We're going to move ahead one month to October 2021, and we're going to watch Venom, Let There Be Carnage next time. Ooh, a movie I have not watched. Ooh, okay. Saving it for the March. I'm kind of excited about it. I didn't hate the last one. It was interesting. No, Kevin hated the last one. I'm saying it was very quiet for this part of the broadcast, yes. Was the first Venom also a San Francisco-based movie? Yep. Wow. And for another just of the Go Basketball Report, my name's Charlie Wallace. And I'm Adam Gobeski. And a very special thanks to our five legendary guests. We had Doug Gobeski. Thanks for having me. Jesse Juan Vredevog. Thanks, guys. Tony Huff. Hey, it's good to be back. Kevin Vredevog. It has been a pleasure. And Paul Dark Road Wilcox. <laughs> thanks for having me. Thanks for steering me off of my dark road. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to our show. Make sure to check out our website, GobeskiWallSupport.com. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter. Just follow us at GWReport. And we're on the Facebook as well, just like our page, the Gobeski Wallace Report. I kind of forgot what was happening. <laughs> it's always so hard with the Twitter with, like, the at. Like, you don't have to say at, do you? I don't know. That's a question for the listeners to decide. I'm sorry, Charlie. I didn't mean to step on you. Um, oh, that's okay. But um, you like being like, stepped on. One of the questions that I had, though, <laughs> for people that sorry. actually know comic books and like things like that, was Tony. Can you start over so that <laughs> that's not in the background? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? We can cut they the Charlie goofing. likes being stepped on joke or keep it in. Oh, oh, oh cut that. <laughs> <laughs>